Did I say I had play pat poop? <laughs> <laughs> we need to start doing like vocal like <laughs> exercises before we start. Welcome to Garrett and Garricades. This is Bread and Barricades, the Bread and Barricades podcast. I'm Nemo Martin, your moderator. I'm Grace, I'm your primary researcher. I also use they them pronouns and I... I made a skeleton board today. What's a skeleton board? It's a thing that goes in the bottom of your shoe. I thought you were going to say it's a thing that goes in your skeleton. Get a fucking clue. <laughs> Jesus. It's a skeleton that goes in your board. It's... I said that I made a skeleton board because it sounds so much more interesting than what it actually is. <laughs> Which is, like, when you make a sandal, you cut out the bits where the straps go so that it fits in nicer to the sole. <laughs> but skeleton board sounds really cool. <laughs> it's true. The other name for it is spider, which is also cool. So cool. Stevie. <laughs> this is Stevie, your secondary researcher. And piece of shit who didn't turn their phone off. <laughs> she had pronouns. Piece of shit categorically. I've got it. Yep. Yeah. 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 Got it. Absolute most hated person on this planet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she says dreamily. <laughs> Fuck, I wish. That's such a big old Stevie movie. <laughs> First time recording in 2019. Yay! Yay! And this will probably be published in March. Yay! <laughs> It's going to be so far beyond relevant by the time we actually give them any episodes. The, um, a plumber guy came into the lab today to... Did he come in with great aplomb? <laughs> well, he kind of actually didn't. I think he actually came in... Oh, God. What a segue. <laughs> he came in, um, he, like, stopped outside of the door, and all of the doors and windows are glass, so you can see everyone walking past the corridor. So it's like, if you imagine a room and then one wall is just like window and door, it's like a, it's a corridor mm-hmm. and all of the, all of the wall is window, basically. <laughs> it's like very modern looking. I have no processing power right now. Okay. <laughs> what could that possibly look like? <laughs> Sorry, I was just here like, yeah, Nemo, we're not checking shit. I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> nodding eye for me and you're like, just like standing there and I was like oh god is he gonna come in like I don't I never know what to do like whether to greet them or whatever (laughs) and so he came in and he's like oh sorry I just had to stop my music because otherwise I didn't want to like blare it in your room and I was like oh it's fine I stopped my music for you and he was like oh yeah yeah cool 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 and we like he was like happy new year and I was like happy new year to you too (coughs) and he like went and was doing his stuff and he was like I guess we'll have to stop saying Happy New Year soon and I was like, oh no, please don't trap me in this. You look like you've got a lot of work to do. I don't want to be doing this with you. And he was like, so did you have a great Christmas? And I was like, I don't know who you are. Yes, it was okay, I guess. How was yours? And he was like, yeah, yeah, my missus and my daughters really love it. You know, women. And I was like, wait, what gender do you think I am? (laughs) Am I supposed to reply to this with a, haha, yeah women or a haha you pig (laughs) and he was like not that I'm a chauvinist though they would say that if they heard me say that and I was like wait do you think that I'm a man what's the the correctly coded answer to to appease you people (laughs) I was like haha yeah and he was like yeah women just love those shiny things don't they and I was like why are you saying don't they do you want my approval for you (laughs) what's happening I have nothing to say to you that you want me to that you want to hear. And he was like, I'm Oz by the way, what's your name? And I was like, oh fuck. My name's Nemo, I work in fish. And he was like, alright. See you later. And I was like, but he, like usually when people are confronted with the fact that my name is Nemo and I work in fish, they're like, ha, wild. And I'm like, ha, yeah, I'm trans. He had his hand out and I shook it and he was like Nice to meet you, and left, and I was like, did you hear what my name is? Please reply Please reply to the fact that my name is Nemo and I work in fish. I can't believe that plumber left you on scene. <laughs> yeah. 
has his script. He's sticking to it. <laughs> yeah. An NPC. He really was an NPC. A plum. So remember ten minutes ago when I made that pun? <laughs> yeah. The pun, indifferent though it was, had the effect of a stone dropped into a pool. The frogs fell silent. <laughs> Which I underlined twice. <laughs> was it just a call out post for me? No, it was just a, just the big mood of my life. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, that wasn't me being like, all my friends are frogs. That was me being like, this is the effect of everything that I say. <laughs> Unless Sarah's there. Unless Sarah's there. Sarah will encourage my habit. When we started dating, one of the first things she told me about her was that she hates puns. And I remember <laughs> even then we'd been like talking maybe a month or two that I was like, uh-huh, okay, we don't, we've only really been typing to each other but you enjoy wordplay way too much for that to be true. and then like she's just one of the punniest people I know and like that's just was such a lie that you said to my face every single time you start talking about Sarah I keep wanting to interject and be like you haven't told the audience who Sarah I, is I sometimes do say like my girlfriend yeah. no you only say Sarah oh she's definitely said my girlfriend Sarah before my girlfriend Sarah who is the <laughs> fifth member of this podcast <laughs> in that when, it, when we watch Les Miss Things together now I write down what she laughs at <laughs> Puns are the droppings of the spirit in flight they may fall anywhere the spirit having voided itself with a flippancy <laughs> rises into the blue a white splash on a rock does not prevent the eagle from soaring <laughs> wait the white splash is eagle poo yeah yeah oh <laughs> it's it like Puns are like basically the soul's shit, and like, the, like by uh, dropping the shit, it gets to fly up into the sky uh, because it's voided itself of the flippancy. <laughs> and Hugo loves the sewer and that kind of stuff. Mm. But Amazing, good job, Hugo. You say mm. some good things sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Guess who said that? Who? Thomas. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <Boo>. <laughs> yeah. I thought that would change that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So basically, this this hot this chapter is entitled "The Wisdom of Ptolemies," oh, um, with Hugo's trademark sarcasm. They're at that one bar that they're at, which I think is like the fourth or fifth restaurant or bar that they've been at. We're still on this one day out mm. that we've been on for the last three episodes, I think. The weird one with the bed. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. we remember stuff. (laughs) We're paying attention to one thing. (laughs) I forgot about the bed, but there is a bed. (laughs) Yeah, I seem to remember that. It might be another one. I think there's a bed. That doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, So, Thomas is... I feel like he's standing on the table, but I don't think he actually is. There's just the feeling that he would be maybe standing on the table and soliloquising. Wine and beer. Yeah, but... More terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just the whole way through. More, less gay people mm. having a bit of a, a jaunty laugh mm. and more football people causing a riot mm. after their favourite team has won slash lost. It's that scene if it was all Mark and he didn't have anyone <laughs> to influence him to be better. <laughs> like... Ah, this is about rent. Yes, yeah, yes, this is yeah. about rent. This is from rent. Yeah. And Mark is the mm. ginger one, right? I think so. Okay. That one guy from Star Trek just discovery. Yeah. Um so he's soliloquizing on overindulgence and zeal and good dinner. Is he soliloquizing that overindulgence and zeal is good or bad? That it's just out there? No, I feel I always feel like if you say overindulgence it's explicitly bad. Mm-hmm. But then, rich people. Yeah, but then they would just call it indulgence. Ah, uh, true. Yeah, you have a point. I feel like the etymology of <laughs> overindulgence <laughs> does imply mm. a negative connotation. Mm. I was like, yeah, but like people say things, and I'm like, no, but this is a book where he's written down the words <laughs> with a meaning. Words down. Yeah, and you, you like thought through what it meant. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Down. Uh, okay, okay, yeah. I hope it actually says overindulgence in there. I think that might be a word I've just put into it. But yeah, that's the sort of the vibe that's going on. It's like, um, he starts, you know, let us talk with more reason and less speed. Um, Flowing beer gathers no head. Let us not be hasty, gentlemen, but mingle dignity with revelry, deliberation with appetite. And he just puts in loads of Latin every now and again just so that we can remember that 
He's educated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, cool, yeah. Everyone tells him to shut up. <laughs> the pun which triggers this is um, Blocheville is like, ah, oh, observe my state of calm. And um, Ptolemais says, you are the very marquee of calm. Which doesn't make any sense. And, like, so Victor is like, this is the explanation of the pun. Oh, God. <laughs> the Marquis of Montcalm was a prominent monarchist in the period. Oh, my God. Hugo. Thanks, Hugo. <laughs> Just so you know, I know some things. Hugo, <laughs> I'm funny. <laughs> it's even better because it's, it's a pun that's relevant to the book. Monarchists? Mm. <laughs> yeah, and then basically, basically everyone judges Ptolemais, and then he's like tries to re-establish that he's actually, like, in charge <laughs> and soliloquizes more about, like, why the fact that he made a, like, shitty joke that was out of taste was fine. <laughs> Which is why... Dig in that hole yeah, deeper. Yeah, uh-huh. It's the thing where it's, like, that's that's the context of the puns of the droppings of the spirit where it's just like I said all this bullshit but it was to clear my spirit so my spirit wasn't carrying the bullshit <laughs> which you could all learn from me by the way <laughs> all I can think of is the is the like someone in any position of privilege making like a shitty joke and then me saying that like I was just voiding my soul of the racism that I carry <laughs> okay <laughs> Someone's got to say it. Yeah, someone's <laughs> got to say it. Yeah, yeah. Now my soul is free. <laughs> yeah, he he sources. He 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 sources. He provides. He provides sources. Um, Jesus made a, a pun about Peter and Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> no, yeah. She says Jesus made a pun about Peter, comma the Rock. Um, Moses made a pun about Isaac. Aeschylus about Polynices. Um, Cleopatra about Octavius. Like. He's, he's providing receipts on <laughs> why puns are good. Why puns why are acceptable. Do you know that Jesus true. made a pun? <laughs> Jesus can do what he wants. Tommy is better yeah. no excuse. Yeah, exactly. This goes on for a little while. Ah, oh, he does use... I'm going to underline the use of the word overindulge. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think that's the most satisfied I've seen Grace in such a long time. It's just... <laughs> Gluttony punishes the glutton. Indigestion was designed by uh, by God to impose morality on stomachs. It like it keeps going. <laughs> this level of bullshit for literally four pages. He's writing like a Twitter thread where he's just like <laughs> the immorality of stomachs. Just like is way too good and relevant to my life. <laughs> Actually, you could learn something. <laughs> God damn it, he's got me there. <laughs> Not in the recording, but I'm sorry, but definitely lactose intolerance uh, was God imposing morality. <laughs> <laughs> on eating that can go on the podcast. I'm publicly shamed, so I never do it again. I'm no, it's not. I'm imposing my own morality on my own. <laughs> God. God doesn't get to do that. I'm gonna impose morality on my own. I'm all about the not so rare with Steve Southburn. <laughs> And God doesn't care because he's dead. What was the line? Um, that one line in the sewers. Yeah. Oh, I uh, look out in the sky and the moon looks down. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm, yeah I'm, I'm going to say that, like Carly Stenson, I too can't remember any of the lyrics unless I'm in it. I always look to you because I have no idea what any yeah. of the lyrics are. So. No, pro- no processing power at all. I do remember it being said, but it's in like 2018. <laughs> yeah. Um, I the, yeah, I can see the staging. Yeah. But I don't know. Basically, what I'm trying to say is God is dead. God is dead. Stevie <laughs> can answer for herself. And I do. <laughs> Have faith in me, because I have read a little law. Or so the examination results tell me. (laughs) (laughs) And can distinguish between what is explicit and what is implicit. 
because I have written a thesis in Latin on the methods of torture in Rome. Blah, 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 blah. Because it appears I am shortly to be awarded my doctorate. From what it seems, I am not wholly an imbecile. Oh my god. So, it's literally a third year just being like, well, actually, uh. I had this one guy in my classics class who in third year, no, in second year, quoted himself in his second year essays. <laughs> And then all of the lecturers are like, you can't do that. You're not a reputable source. And he's like, I'm the only source that I care about. And it's like, oh, damn. If you weren't such an arsehole, I'd say, like, big dick energy. But you are just yeah. an arsehole. Yeah. I feel like people only get big dick energy when they're not, like, dicks. Like, yeah. otherwise you're just yeah. a big just dick. A, a big dick. <laughs> when I was writing that proposal, the person was like, uh, my supervisor was like, you should quote yourself. And the podcast, and I was like, <laughs> so in my proposal it says Martin et al. Yeah, I know. I'm like, no. You had it here first. He's made it legit. Yeah. <laughs> We're reputable. I urge you to moderate your desires. And um, favorite explains in case because Victor Hugo has never experienced such a subtlety as subtext, <laughs> and can surely distinguish between what is explicit and what is implicit. <laughs> Felix. Such a lovely name. It's Latin. It means happy. <laughs> Thanks. We, m uh, lots of people knew that and the people who cared and didn't know would have looked it up. <laughs> like, I'm just like, when people listen to the episode that we're going to record later, which comes out probably two months before this episode mm. comes out, then I'll be talking about what you just said in that, but not now. <laughs> Write down every good joke that Grace makes. <laughs> if, it's not, if it's not about, like, subtext Javert, I swear to God. <laughs> it's, it's not, but it is about okay, subtext. Okay, and okay. Um, can't, um, sell, can't spell subtext without butt sex. The voice crack was out. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh yeah, there we go. That's, uh, That's top it. keck, my boys. <laughs> top keck. Does it come across that we're meant to think he's a dick? I Good. think so. Okay. Yeah. Well, we hope so. I mean, Ptolemy is categorically a dick. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. it is, like, he is the, the main example of a dick. Yeah, but at this point in this text. I think, for me, the, like, the, the reason that I underlined that we can distinguish between what is explicit and what is implicit is because it's very heavily implied now what is going to happen later. Mm -hmm. He's talking a lot about overindulgences, <coughs> how you have to sort of restrict your consumption of the things that you enjoy, even when it's very clear that they don't, and that's not mm -hmm. something that he does. Yeah, it's very, it's very clear that he's referring to the surprise yeah yeah mm -hmm. but he, though he's he's foreshadowing himself like the true dramatic motherfucker that he is mm -hmm. okay. um, so i think that's that's what that mm -hmm. that part of it is it's victor hugo being like he's pointing at you <laughs> <laughs> with an eyebrow like your, <laughs> and i think also it, it might also be one of those things like fight club esque where if somebody is reading it and is like, ha ha, la la la, he's just like me, and then when they get to the surprise, we'll be like, oh, shit, <laughs> he's just like me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it's debatable that that doesn't work at all in things like Fight Club. Uh, Fight Club. Yeah. <laughs> like, the prime example of how that didn't work. <laughs> but, like, I guess that that's kind of the intent. And also, I suppose, because he's contrasted so much with Fontaine, Mm -hmm. who is the epitome of all that is perfect and good in the world, like, you know, through the way that, she, that she's described. The fact that he's sort of juxtaposed with her sets him up to be bad. Mm -hmm. So that this doesn't come across... wasn't meant to come across as he's so smart, he knows all of I don't think it's so. Like, no, I don't think so. Mm. Well, like, the wisdom of Ptolemies, like, I, I can't mm. imagine... Yeah. I can't imagine us ever of having a chapter name earlier on called The Wisdom of Muriel. If you know what mm -hmm. I mean, like it never, it like, it, like I, feel, I feel like he would only have said that in sarcasm, mm -hmm. and also, you know, you know, he starts speaking and everyone's like, just stop, just <laughs> <laughs> stop, please. Yeah, no, like, I would have, would assume that, but then I also still don't really. I thought I had a hold on Victor Hugo and him and what he thinks, mm. but like I don't fully. So I'm like, 
yeah, this is definitely meant to be, like, he's stupid and that's why his friends are, like, shut up. But then I'm like, but do I know Victor Hugo well enough to be, like, to is he, this. like, they should be listening to him at I this point? I think Les Hugo is different to Hugo. Mm-hmm. Because Les Hugo definitely, like, with Muriel, there was a, I can't remember if he was a prince or a, a really rich guy who... Who kept who was talking about all of this shit, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah. Who yeah. kept like saying like similar kind of stuff to Ptolemy's or just very like self important mm-hmm. kind of stuff. While we have an idea of what Victor Hugo was like, Lemes Hugo is very much on the side of like unrepenting goodness and kindness mm-hmm. and like these blowhard arsehole boys like don't have a foot to stand on. Mm. In, in, in Les Mis, at least. Mm. Mm-hmm. Les Mis, Victor Hugo is who Victor Hugo maybe wishes he was. Yeah. yeah. In the same way as, um, you know, like Jean Valjean yeah. rescues Fontaine when we know that Victor Hugo didn't rescue the woman that he saw in the same situation. Do you remember? We, we yeah, well, he did, but he had to think about it. Yeah, mm. yeah. You wish you were Jean Valjean. Mm. But having a, a really excellent OC. And <laughs> what would my OC do? How can I, how can I be better? You know, it's as... As good a way to try and be a better person, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. as many, I feel. Oh, he just keeps going on. He goes on for like four pages, um, literally. Like, do you see these solid? Oh God, they are like it's it's all the same. There are no breaks. There's no breaks. Just, oh, that page is. This is still him. That's talking. one paragraph. Yeah. There's no breaks. There's no breaks. It's him talking about the ladies. <laughs> um, ba- um, basically, Josephine, with your indignant. In- um, Expressions you would be enchanting if you were less repro- less reproving. <laughs> oh, nice! If you <laughs> smiled more, them. yeah. <laughs> Favorite, you have Grecian lips. There was once a painter called Euphorion who was known as a painter of lips, and he alone would have been worthy to paint your mouth. My name is Felix, but I am not happy. Words can be liars, and we must not blindly believe what they say. In your place, Miss Delia, I would have called myself Rose. A flower <laughs> should be fragrant, and a woman should have wit. God, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, when you said my name is, you sounded like you were about to start the, the my name is Philip, oh. I am a poet, which, my name is Felix, I am a I poet. I am a poet, yeah. And then, Offantine, I say nothing. She, and then, <laughs> and then like, this this bit is what he says about Fontaine, so uh, it's, mm, a, it's a good inch and a half, inch three quarters. Um... She is a dreamer, a sensitive soul, a wraith dr- shaped like a nymph with the downcast eyes of a nun who's <laughs> into the life the, to the life of a grisette but takes refuge in illusion. She sings and prays, looks heavenward without knowing what she sees or does, strays in a garden where there are more birds than exist in life. So, it's really sad. <laughs> honestly, honestly, it's just sad. I hate it. There's actually, there's there's... Within the lot, these three pages, there's like some Orientalism. Oh, good, fun. Um, just fairly basic level okay. Orientalism. Defantine, you should have been called Marguerite or Pearl. You are a woman of the most splendid East, oh. which is like. Oh, hey, Fantine is Asian. This is like, this is what we're gonna take and we're gonna run with it. So take that. Um, and then later, yeah, we'll get to the other bit when it. Um, in the matter of, matter of marriage, women are incorrigible, incorrigible, which means a different word to incorrigible. Sorry. What does it mean? Incor- incorrigible. Incorrigible is one of the ones that I've only ever got from context clues, uh-huh. so I assume that what it means is that like they just... Hmm? No, you, you say yours first. <laughs> no, what are you? You'll probably be more right than me. I only know maybe from context clues of watching The Mask. <laughs> I think it means you don't give up. Yeah. It's a bit like can't bit, be put off. Yeah, but I feel like it's quite a like. Will you? Will you stop? Yeah. <laughs> the incorrigible maleness of men is a yeah, standing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Incapable of being corrected or amended. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not reformable. Delinquent. So, Bojan. No. <laughs> that is just category. That, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to prove you wrong. <laughs> they say like, you flicking you through the book. Yeah, yeah, no, that was Javert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, okay. You eat too much sugar. Uh, mood. Me and Yeah. All of us. Yeah. Wait, to Fontaine? No, at all of them. Mm. Oh, really? <laughs> Just in general. Okay. Yeah, actually, um, if you have a fault, it is that you are forever nibbling sweets. Your pretty white teeth sh- crave sugar. 
but mm. you must bear in mind that sugar is a salt. All salts are desiccating, <laughs> and sugar is the most desiccating of all. It heightens the rush of the blood through the veins, leading to coagulation, to tubercules in the lungs, to death. This is why diabetes leads to consumption. Oh, shit. <laughs> Science, Hugo. Go for it, my no, boy. No, also, like, just <laughs> everything that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say foreshadowing, but that's not foreshadowing. It's, it's just, just Hugo being like, and you know what's going to happen next? Yeah. <laughs> like Consumption. It's the, like, you desperately want something, like a small sweetness in your life that is bad for you. And it's going to destroy your teeth. So, this is Hugo in the 19th century talking about why when you're sad, don't eat loads of sweets. (laughs) 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 Does anyone boo him off the stage? No. 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 Gentlemen, make conquests. Be ruthless in your robbing of your comrade of his mistress. Thrust and parry. In love, there is no friendship. Like, he's just a dick. Yeah. He's just a dick. Women, like, cause war. (laughs) <laughs> oh hey that's the Iliad <laughs> I mean yeah that, that's the next bit <laughs> um, petticoats have been the, the cause of every invasion in history woman is man's rightful prey um, we talk about the Sabine women you know it's yeah if, if, if I didn't categorically know otherwise he's it's very incel like the whole thing is very like the man who is not loved preys like a vulture on the loves of other men Ptolemy is here pause for breath <laughs> yeah Blochevel like starts singing to try and stop him he doesn't stop <laughs> oh, he tried down with wisdom forget everything I have said let us be neither prudish nor prudent. I drink to merriment. Let us be merry and end our course on law with folly and with food. Indigestion and the digest, which I feel is like a joke about the magazine. Did that exist then? Yeah. Everything is beautiful. The flies swarm in the sun- sunlight and the hummingbird is born in the sun. Kiss me, Fontaine. And absentmindedly, he kissed favorite. Digest being Roman law. Ah. Oh. The digest, also known as the... Pandex, digestus su pandecte. See, I can do Latin too, Hugo. <laughs> Adapted from ancient Greek. Uh, is a name given to a compendium or, or digest of juristic writings on Roman law compiled by order of the Eastern Roman Emperor Justinian I in the 6th century. It is divided into 50 books. Welcome to Brad and Barricades, a podcast where I just say the things that I read and then Nemo tells me what they mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's... Yeah, that is that what is, this is. That, that's me being like, I read this. Also, do you want to explain what the Sabine women is? Um, Ooh, who they no. Are? Okay, it's yeah. TV, go for it. Yeah. It's Bible stuff. Okay. That's really it's in the Bible. Is it in the Bible? I don't know. Uh, tell me. I, I've not read any of it. Oh, so my context clue for this one yeah. is Seven Brides with Seven Brothers, where they sing a song about that they pronounce it the Southern women, <laughs> so that they can rhyme it with more things. That... Oh god. I did learn about this and I was like I mean I learned about yeah. it too, yeah. Oh um, yeah. But it was Roman it was a Roman mythology and uh the men of Rome because they basically made Rome and then went, Oh, we don't have any women they basically went, Oh hey, that country over there has loads of women. We're holding a huge party, everyone bring their women and so they brought loads of women and then went, <laughs> Okay, all well, the men can go now, these women are ours. And it was a mass rape. Yep. So that's what it was. Um, the next chapter. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say he at the end of that is like, oh, forget everything I said. Let's be married. No one killed the vibe harder than him, and then we <laughs> killed the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the next chapter is called "Death of a Horse." Oh. <laughs> Death of a horse. The food is better at Edon's than at this place, said Zephine. I prefer Bombarda, said Blochevel. Bombarda was the place with the bed, so this is not Bombarda anymore. No, no, they're in Bombarda. Okay. But he's saying I prefer it. Oh. Like, and he's talking about the place that they're in. In the third person. <laughs> I prefer Bombarda, said <laughs> The setting is more luxurious, more oriental. Ooh. There are mirrors in the walls downstairs. Ah. <laughs> Favourite continues to be on point as she always is. I'm more interested in what's on my plate. 
<laughs> I mean, isn't that what they're talking about, though? They're saying... Zephine is saying, like, why are we coming at this place? This place, the other place that I go to, has better food. Rochevel is like, but this place is swankier. Oh. And the favourite is like, I just care about what I'm eating. Right, which okay. Is no, I real would die for favourite. I hope nothing mm. happens to her character that makes me change my mind. No, she, no. like, she, she, she I, I choose to interpret that she and Fontina were in love. Mm-hmm. They dance together. Ah! Yeah. Oh. Mm. <laughs> was she the one that was trying to warn her? Did she warn her in the book? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Favourite. Mm. She okay. is best in show. Best in show. <laughs> Favourite. I feel like Tonomez is more drunk than he was earlier. Because... Um, Listelier and Femi uh, talking about philosophy and he's like, do you prefer Descartes or Spinoza? <laughs> and Tonomez is like, I prefer Desaugier. Desaugier. Desaugier was a cabaret singer. So. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he missed on an opportunity to wax poetic about mm, Descartes. Anyway. <laughs> mm. <laughs> he's more drunk. Um... Oh, and then he does anyway, so... <laughs> you thought... Oh, damn it, the, you, had, you had a moment where I thought maybe yeah. it was okay, and mm. then you Just got them being a dick again. Continue to be yourself. Um, he talks about wine a lot, he really talks about wine a lot. Even if that was the only thing we knew about him, I would know everything about him <laughs> from that one fact. Yeah, yeah. Um, blah, 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 blah. He talks about a lady called Aspasia. Aspasia? who embarked with Pericles in the fleet at Samos. And he says, do you know who Aspasia was, ladies? And now, when I stop and I think about it, no, I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't know who Aspasia was. But she lived in an age where women were, were not supposed to possess souls, yet she had a soul that was both rose-pink and scarlet, hotter than flame and cooler than the dawn. And I feel like this is very much the duality, this is the, you know, the like ideal that women are held to where it's the, you must be intriguing sexually, I can think of what that word is, um, but also not engage, but you must, but also just not too much. Um, you don't know you're beautiful, you that's, what beautiful. You beautiful. that's what makes you beautiful. Oh shit, okay, she seems pretty cool. Pause, which is the thing that we get with Fontaine, where it's like, she was wearing form-covering clothes, but they were transparent, so you could still see. <laughs> Carry on now. So, Aspasia mm. was an influential immigrant to classical era Athens, who was the lover and partner of Pericles. According to Plutarch, her house became an intellectual centre in Athens, attracting the most prominent writers and thinkers, including the philosopher Socrates. I was going to say Socrates, and I was like, that's not how you say that. Socrates. Say it how you want. Uh, there are we also suggestions in ancient sources that the teachings of Aspasia influenced Socrates. Um, she's also mentioned in the writings of Pluto, Aristophanes, Xenophon, and others. So she's really cool. Yeah. How come we don't? Oh wait, this is why we don't hear about her. Many scholars have credited ancient comic depictions of Aspasia as a brothel keeper and yeah, a, prostitute, a prostitute, despite their yeah. inherent implausibility. Um, she was a fucking like a, a, a philosopher and a sex worker, and we've been robbed. <laughs> well, this is saying that there's like. They only called her a prostitute because she had so many men in her house because she was teaching them philosophy. And they were like, there's only one reason why a woman would have so many men in her house. So, not that, I, not that I'm saying sex workers yeah. can't also do philosophy. I'm saying that she was a philosopher, but then because she had... And they were misogynistic yeah. dicks. <laughs> and they yeah. said that the only role that she could have was sex worker. But we learned about a cool woman yeah, today. We learned about a cool woman today. <laughs> we love you. All your, all, all your support. All our support? Yeah. <laughs> but be, again, being in full spate, Ptolemy's might have been h difficult to stop. <laughs> <laughs> but at that moment, a horse fell directly on the street. So, oh. yeah. yeah. Um, it was a lean, aged mare, fit only for the knacker's yard, harnessed to a heavy cart. Exhaustion had brought it to halt outside Bombarda's and it refused to go any further. A crowd gathered. The carter cursing loudly, apply, applied his whip, whereupon the creature collapsed and would not get to its feet again. The hubbub caused Ptolemy's audience to rise and go to, goes to the window. Poor horse, sighs, sighed Fontaine, and Delia exclaimed, 
We'll listen to her making a fuss about a horse. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's another very thinly veiled foreshadow slash metaphor for, you know, Fontaine's eventual collapse in the streets Mm. with a, with, you know, a a crowd gathers, the carter um, cursing loudly applied his whip, whereupon the creature collapsed and could not get to its feet again. Mm. I feel like that is probably what that is. Poor horse, said Fontaine. You know that scene in, um, Black, not Black Mirror. Black Sails? No, the horror film, that was really good. Get Out, Get Out. Oh, that one, yeah. Um, oh god, what's the main character's name? He gets out of the car, like, they they hit the deer, oh, and they get out, the deer, and then he, like, yeah. looks into the deer's eyes, and he sees it, and, like, they just, like, look at each other, and it's like, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. gonna be me, kind of thing, so I just imagined Fontaine looking at this, like, dead-slash-dying horse, like, looking in its eyes, and having one of those scenes where they're, like, really intense yeah, music is playing, yeah, not music, yeah, yeah. but that, like, yeah. drone is playing in the... Mm. I like that a lot. That should be good. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, that was my pitch. Please give yeah. me ten yeah, cool. billion yeah, really pounds cool. to make the new series. Fontaine, get out. <laughs> Fontaine, get out. Yeah. And in the end, she she marries favorite. Yeah, that's that's what yeah. happens. Yeah, yeah. Like a a a cart pulls up, and you're like, oh shit, it's Javert, and it's not. It's favorite. <laughs> Like, yeah. Really <laughs> I, don't know. I finally found you again. <laughs> and she's got like a shawl and like wraps it around her shoulders <laughs> and like like bridal carries her back into the carriage. Aww. Oh man. Yeah, your <sighs> read was my. I was just thinking that horse was doing a service. Oh. That it like because it was saying that like the own he would have just kept going. Yeah. But the horse was like, no, nah, I will put you all out of this misery. <laughs> I'll take this one. <laughs> A surfer, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> got some sick surfing." <laughs> These are some gnarly cobblestones. <laughs> yeah, the horse is trained to hear yeah. lawyers like talking about themselves on the yeah, street, and is like, "Well, that's me, I guess." Yeah, that, that's all, folks. <laughs> yeah, but favorite taking advantage of the diversion confronted Ptolemus. <laughs> well, and what about the surprise? Quite so, said Ptolemus. The time has come. Gentlemen, it is time for us to surprise our ladies. Ladies, we must ask you to wait here for a few minutes. Um, each Solomon kisses his mistress on the forehead, and then they move single file to the door, each with a finger to his lips. Favourite clapped her hands as they went out. It's fun already, she exclaimed. Don't be too long. We shall be waiting, murmured Fontaine. And still I dream he'll come to me. <laughs> Mary to Happiness is the last, it's two page, two, three pages, and it's the last one of the book. Um, <laughs> so it's no, this no, bit no. that's about to happen, the surprise scene. Yeah. Because, so, as you'll maybe have, remember from two months ago when we did the, other, the episode on the, uh, BBC. On the BBC. 2019 was a horrifying realisation that I'm, like, invested in the plot of Les Mis. Because <laughs> I was watching the first episode to talk about it, and it was, like, clearly ramping up to the surprise, and I was like, no, I don't want it to be surprised to me via the BBC Les Mis. And Sarah's just like, what? There's only ten minutes. I'm like, no, I've got to leave the room. So she watched it without me, and I had to sit in my room alone in the dark, just thinking about the fact that I cared enough about Les Mis. <laughs> left to themselves leaned in pairs on the two window sills and chattered as they gazed down onto the street. They saw the young men come out arm in arm and turn to wear gaily before disappearing into the dusty Sunday hubbub of the Champs-Élysées. Don't be too long, called Fantine. What do you think they'll bring us, said Zephine. 
Something nice, I'm sure, said Delia. Me, Favourite said. I hope it will be something in gold. Just in case you forgot what each of their names were. Um, Their attention is caught by, basically, the departure of the Postal Service, I think is what I've taken away from this. Um, It's the hour of departure for mails and diligences, so there's lots of stagecoaches and stuff leaving from down the Champs-Élysées. So they they all, you know, get up to the window to to watch all of these stagecoaches leave, and there are all these, you know, yellow vehicles and black ones, and it's all... It's all covered in, in um, travellers' luggage and... The commotion delighted the girls. Heavens, the noise, said Favourite. They're like heaps of old, of old iron trying to fly. One of the conveyances stopped for a moment and then drove on at a gallop. Um, Fontaine is surprised. Surely that's unusual. I thought stagecoaches never stopped. Favourite made a gesture. Fontaine is wonderful, she said. I never cease to marvel. 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 She's amazed by the most ordinary of things. Listen, dear. Suppose I'm a passenger and I say to the driver, I'm going on ahead, I'll be on the embankment and you can pick me up as you pass. So the driver watches for me and picks me up. It happens every day. My love, you know nothing of life. She calls her, my love, my dear. She says, I never cease to marvel. <laughs> and the Fontaine is wonderful. And I know most of it's sarcastic, but that's just not how I choose to interpret it. <laughs> Some time passed and presently a thought struck Favourite. Well, what about the surprise? Yes, the great surprise. They're being very slow, sighed Fontaine. As she finished sighing, the waiter who served their meal entered. He had something that looked like a letter in his hand. What's that? asked Favourite. It was left behind by the gentleman to be handed to the ladies. Then why didn't you bring it to us at once? Favourite snatched snatched it from him and found that it was indeed a sealed letter. There's no address, but this is what is written outside. Here is the surprise. She hurriedly broke the seal, unfolded the sheet and read aloud. She was the one who could read. That's in parentheses. Beloved mistresses, be it known to you that we have parents. The word is one that means little to you, but in simple and honourable definition of the code civil, it means fathers and mothers. And they are distressed, these excellent old people. They want us back. They call us prodigals and promise to kill the fatted calf upon our return. Being dutiful, we obey. When you read these lines, five fiery horses will be taking us home to our mamas and papas. We are clearing out, going, going, gone, taking flight on the arms and wings of Lafitte and Gaillard, those worthy coach proprietors. The Toulouse coach is rescuing us from the primrose path which is yourselves, sweet loves. We are returning to the ways of society, duty and good good behaviour at the steady trot of three leagues an hour. Our country requires that, like everyone else, we should become prefects, fathers of families, rural guards and councillors of state. Honour us for our self-sacrifice. Weep for us a little and then speedily replace us. If this letter rends your hearts, treat it in a like fashion. Adieu. For nearly two years we have made you happy. Do not bear us ill will. Signed, Blocheville, Femme, Yisterier, Felix Tolomens. P.S. The dinner is paid for. The four girls gazed at one another. Favourite was the first to break the silence. All the same, she said. It's a good joke. It's very funny, said Zephine. I'm sure it was Blanchevelle's idea, said Favourite. It makes me quite in love with him. No sooner lost than loved. That's how things are. No, said Delia. It was Tolomé's idea. It's typical. In that case, said Favourite, down with Blanchevelle and long live Tolomé's. Long live Tolomé's, cried Delia and Zephine and burst out laughing. Fontaine joined in the laughter, but when, an hour later, she was back in her room, she wept bitterly. It was her first love, as we have said. She had given herself to Ptolemais as as to her husband, and the poor girl had a child. I'm so relieved. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I thought it was going to be so horrible. <laughs> nope, no. Oh, it just goes. I mean, also, that is also horrible, but uh, compared to the things that I've been uh, preparing myself for... So what did you think? No, I don't want to hear. (laughs) I guess she... I I didn't remember whether she kept loving him after he was gone. I'm sure she must sing about it in the songs. So from that context, I should have known he wouldn't have done anything to make her not love him. But that was what I was fearing. So that was all... Like, as soon as the letter arrived, I was like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 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 They're gone. 
just, they're just gone. I don't know, they were in a field earlier. I had a lot of concerns. They yeah. all like a bit of a Roman imagery. Yeah. Yeah. Sages. Yeah. I had I had a lot of concerns that I feel like were founded. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the same like, women say were works. explicitly brought up yeah, know, a, yeah. a few times, like, real and valid. So, I'll be back on the page of, this was so horrible a thing to have done, but I'm just so relieved. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a bed in the restaurant, and, oh, we, and I've seen yeah, Sweeney Todd. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't, actually. I don't know if you should. Okay, I'll <laughs> also, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's many reasons yeah. why it's not. Yeah, okay. why it's not good. It's also got Johnny Depp. Yeah, it's yeah. There's, there's like a whole host yeah. of reasons, but okay. yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, so whoo, we made it out of the woods. Steamy looks like you look like you're buzzing right now. You're like, oh, great, fucking, let's go. Well, even when you were like, oh, there's only two pages. I was like, how are they going to fit all that horror into two pages? <laughs> Christ. <laughs> the only person who can probably make something like <laughs> <laughs> But imagine what it could have been. No, it is really shitty. But they're also like instead of just like, oh we're sorry, bye, mm. like you wouldn't know what a mother and a father, so let me give you some definitions. <laughs> the thing is, is like the letter is shitty, but also it's the sort of thing that, like, it is funny and would have been funny if they had been upfront about it. It's the sort mm. of thing that, like, the way that they've written the letter, and like, especially the way that it is in the show, like, the way that they, the way that they read it, and in, in that, it comes across at some point like quite reasonable in the way that, like, they did mm. need to go home and that sort of thing. It's like, if you had been upfront about this and been mm. like, okay, we're gonna do this, and like, fucking fair enough, and it's, like, it's the fact, it's the context of tricking like especially Fontaine who was mm. not world aware enough to know that it was going to happen mm. like you know compared to say Favorite and that who who are more do find it amusing mm. and yeah. definitely were world weary enough yeah. to expect yeah. and, it. And, have, and, and have done it before right yeah. like that's like very much the impression that we give off that we that we get from it and it's the sort of thing where it's they're, they're absolutely fine with it because mm. they knew it was going to happen it kind yeah. of reminds me I'll talk about it later both the like cat and mouse relationship like mm. that Favorite like kind of finds joy herself in being like oh I love you so much mm. you fucking piss like boy yeah. <laughs> earlier isn't she the one yeah, that's exactly. like always oh, fucking yeah. gay basically yeah. but like yeah, go on like, then oh I love you so much I would die if you left me and then yeah. she's like I'm in love with an actor down the road yeah. <laughs> like, like I love I love I, like I remembered um like five minutes as you were reading mm. the letter actually when I first read this book obviously I didn't have as much fun reading it by myself <laughs> and like didn't remember any of the girls mm. names so when I read this chapter I read it as like three mean girls and Fontaine mm. like mean girls in the like like yeah. mean girls Hollywood trope mm. kind of thing also like how how old were you when when you read it uh, 2013 2014 yeah. Uh, I suppose we're better people than we ago. were then, but like yeah, yeah we were but teen. Actually, mm. I was eighteen. But like I, I guess was a butt teenager. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of like I also read it quite quickly and didn't mm. really. I kind of wanted to get through it, mm. and so when I first read it, I was like, oh, these like these these mean girls and what like popular kids in like mm. scare quotes mm. like having fun with each other, both knowing that something like a mm. shitty thing is going to happen in the end. And that Fontaine, I seem to remember her, like, sitting in a window. Oh, yeah, it was, right? They were sitting in the window, mm. like, watching the carriages and stuff. And that's, like, all I remembered of the scene was, like, mm. the three girls being like, ha, fucking finally. Mm. And then Fontaine just being like, oh, I cry. So, yeah, it's interesting mm. reading it again from a different, like, from the first being like, wow, I love these girls. And not like, wow, these girls are so mean to Fontaine the entire time. Mm. I feel like the, uh, like... From the vibe of how mm. the women also take it, and from the things they've said in the past, mm. all the other relationships knew exactly that they'd be that they were like getting from each other what they want, but that Ptolemy's went out like mm. he tricked her. Yeah. Like I, yeah. you don't really mm. get that from the others. Like they, he his whole thing is she doesn't know what's going on. She's so innocent. Yeah. I'm so like into that yeah. that like he's gone out of his way to like 
he knew that she'd feel like this. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like the other ones, she would, like, they were joking, like, which one would have come up with this idea? Haha, ha, oh, I love him for, for that. Mm-hmm. Would have known that they would have been okay with it. Mm-hmm. He yeah. would have known she wouldn't because that is what he enjoyed so much about her. So definitely, like... And also, like, he explicitly, well, you know, when he, when he talks about... How, what all the girls are like. He talks about Fontaine as someone who lives in a dream world mm-hmm. where, where everything's better than it actually is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you get very much the sense that he was waiting to, like, crush that, basically. Yeah. That he's going to be in the carriage knowing that and, like, mm. enjoying and laughing about that, whereas yeah. you kind of feel like the other guys would just They're be, just like... like, laughing about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's not great. Yeah. They're going to be laughing. Yeah. We're yeah. laughing. Yeah. That was Bren Barry Kate's podcast. Yeah. I guess I'll go home and watch that scene happen on the BBC. <laughs> <laughs> now that it won't be spoiled mm. by the BBC. They laugh about it less. It's more like... <gasps> yeah. <gasps> Let them laugh at these silly boys. Mm. Yeah. That was Bren Barry Kate's <laughs> Lemus podcast. It was produced by me, Neil Martin, and Julian Yap. It was the Captain's Collections podcast. If you have any comments, questions, or quibbles, you can find us at Lamers Podcast on Twitter, at Bread and Barricades on Tumblr, or you can send us an email, lamerspodcast at gmail.com. If you like this episode, if you like what we do, and you want to help us send Stevie to the library and to support our hosting fees, you can uh, donate some money to our Kofi, which is in the show notes. Our audio director is Jade, who you can find at JD Wasabi or wasabi-playground. You can also pay what you want to download both our normal theme and our Candlelight special theme, which was probably mucked up because we did do recordings at weird times and then uploaded them at weird times, so who knows, you'll get Candlelights forever. (laughs) We have a Discord chat, which is also in the show notes, you're welcome to come and chat with us. I have been opening Discord more, like maybe (laughs) once a day. so, that seems like loads. Yeah, it's loads for me, <laughs> considering how often I check my other applications. And thanks for listening. Oh god, that <laughs> was that was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot of that one. And thank you for listening. <laughs>